Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Sometimes, you know, we use this language, um, G-E-M, gather, equip and mobilise, correct? And to be honest, most Thursdays when we come here, we're gathering and we are equipping. We are equipping one another out of the Word of God, out of our lives, out of our stories to actually grow in personhood and spirit and faith, etc., etc. That's usually the genre of what these mornings are about. Um, but this morning, I feel like we're going to be camping on the M, which is mobilisation. Is that all right? So we gather, we equip and we mobilise in order to gather, equip and mobilise in order to gather, equip, mobilise, not to create um, something that is unto our glory, but in order to um, bring the heart of God and the love of God to others, correct? So this morning we're a little bit in that camp. So allow me, indulge me just for this um, morning. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. All right, so we're gonna start. I'm gonna start with, it's a little bit of a different morning, but I'm gonna start by reading to you from John chapter 10. John chapter 10 in the message, and it reads like this. Our amazing God, our amazing Jesus. Um, it's, a, it's a critical part of the passage of the chapter. He's really loving on His disciples and speaking to them before He enters into the mission that He came to earth for. And so in verse um, 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Even that in itself is a beautiful revelation. When we get a revelation of who this shepherd is in our lives. So Jesus declares to His disciples, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and my own sheep know me. Verse 15, in the same way, the Father knows me and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself. This is Jesus. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. And then verse 16 is a really interesting verse, I believe. I believe that the Lord actually then arrests their attention. His disciples, His band, His crew, right? Be mindful of the environment, be mindful of the history, be, be mindful of the culture. And then He pretty much says, hey guys, you need to know something. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. I need to gather and bring them too. They'll also recognise my voice. Then it will be one flock and one shepherd. I'm gonna read it one more time. You need to know something, guys. I have other sheep in addition to these in the pen. I need to gather them. I need to bring them also. They also outside of the pen, outside of the reality, outside of this realm where these disciples and those who were following Christ at that time knew, He goes, do you know what? They also will recognise my voice and will be one flock and one shepherd. Do you know, in essence, we all know this, in essence, He was speaking um, of the Gentiles, excuse me, He was speaking of the Gentiles. 
In essence, he was speaking of the multitudes down through time and history who would respond ultimately to his love, correct? Multitudes who'd given half the chance would respond to his voice. Multitudes who'd given half the chance would respond to his voice if they actually heard his voice as it truly is. And herein lies the endless and timeless challenge for the church, the body of Christ on the earth. The endless and timeless challenge of actually giving expression to His true voice, His true heart and His true touch. This is what Hillsong Conference is actually about. We're actually a conference. It's a leadership conference. At the very core of this gathering, we are gathering the broad and diverse body of Christ from around the world, and we have done for 35 years, to come into a place where we can actually champion the simplistic reality of what I just said to you. That we, by the grace of God, might rise up and become the church that He saw all those centuries ago when He laid His life down. That we might rise up and be a church He gives beautiful expression to His heart, beautiful expression to His voice, and beautiful expression to His touch. That is our challenge. All right, bear with me. I'm gonna come back to those verses at the end. I'm gonna tell you a little story if I may. Is that okay? Who loves stories? All right, well, I hope it's a story. Anyway, so last Thursday night, last Thursday night, and okay, if any of you girls in another location recognise yourself in this story, trust me, I'm not gonna disclose any names or anything, all right? Except maybe one, but that's okay. (laughs) So last Thursday night, it's the end of a big week, it's Thursday night, we've done sisterhood, we've done life, we've done meetings. I get this text from my friend, Belle, that's the only name I'm going to actually give away. I get a text from my, my friend um, Belle in the city who pretty much said, text, are you up for a mystery adventure tomorrow night with some of the girlfriends? Are you up for a mystery adventure? Well, to be brutally honest, this was my response. What does that even mean? Okay, so some of you might be mystery adventure girls. I'm pretty not, not the mystery adventure girl. So I'm thinking it's Friday night. To be brutally honest, Brian um, has gone up to Brisbane for um, our Brisbane Heart and Soul Night. Yay to you guys. But I'm thinking Friday night, you know, PJs, Netflix, of course. Anyway, so long story short, I respond back and say, what does that even mean? And then I went, okay, well, maybe... As long as it doesn't involve karaoke, charades, or walking miles in stilettos, okay? Because basically, girls, I don't do that anymore. And so her response comes back with a smiley face. Well, maybe charades, definitely no stilettos. And then she literally says, do you trust me? To which I said, no. (laughs) No, I don't trust you. She wouldn't give any information away. I'm like, what are we wearing? Oh, it's a mystery. I'm like, what are we wearing? Am I wearing boots with heels, which I can walk like 10 yards in? Or am I wearing weekend boots to walk around the city? Like, tell me what is going on. She wouldn't do it. She just said, do you trust me? So anyway, I decided, are you proud of me? Yes. All right, some of you don't actually know me. This is me breaking out of myself. All right, so um, Brian's away. So I drove myself into the city, had to be there at 6.45 outside her house, okay? I was very proud of myself that I estimated my estimated time of arrival perfectly. I got there two minutes early through city traffic that I don't normally drive through on a Friday night. So I get there, I park outside. I've got three minutes or two minutes up my sleeve. 
Um, the garage door opens, I hear voices. There's my friend Belle with another girlfriend who goes, oh, I didn't know that you were coming. And I'm like, ah, I didn't know that you were coming. Anyway, we bundle into her car and then she proceeds to drive us all over the eastern suburbs, picking up others who were equally, who equally had no idea where they were going or what they were going to. <laughs> so <laughs> we arrive at this mystery house. Everyone say mystery house. All right, we arrive at this mystery house and, um, you know, we pull up and I'm like, wow, whose house could this possibly be? The mystery. Anyway, climb out of the car. Belle, Belle puts a bottle of wine in my hand. She says, this is your contribution for the night. And I'm like, I actually could have brought something. But she said, no, that's your contribution. And then um, she glides in her stilettos. She glides to the front door, holding a gigantic bouquet of beautiful flowers. And then a box, a mystery box, a cardboard box, an equally mysterious box of stilettos. Oh, I know. At the front door, when we got to the front door, I'm like, oh, hang on, I know whose house this is. Penny has just dropped. Anyway, door opens, there's a whole bunch of us, it's amazing. All right, here is the bottom line. This wasn't a regular um, church connect group. It wasn't that. It was rather this occasional, everyone do this. <laughs> occasional, everyone say occasional. <laughs> it was this occasional girls' night out that Belle, my friend, organises amongst a core of her friends, but to which they often invite random others. All right, I'm a little bit of a random mother in the equation, but a ran random mother. So it's their occasional girls' night out, all right? So we go in, it's a bit of a potluck uh, affair when it comes to the food. Um, bit of a yummy cheese platter. And then nine women. Nine girls turned up, nine girls of all ages, standing around the kitchen bench, um, talking, chatting, catching up, um, just enjoying one another, right? So here's the deal. The cheese platter then moves either unintentionally, okay, it's not a seance, it's okay. <laughs> Someone went, oh, praise the Lord, it's like a floating cheese platter. I was like, no. The cheese platter then moves um, either unintentionally or intentionally to the lovely dining room table. And then of course, we all just sit around because that's where the food is, right? Then Belle, somewhere in that mix, tastefully harnesses the conversation. She tastefully pulls everyone together and takes it several layers deeper with a handful of questions that simply allowed women to uh, be real and be there for one another. Questions like, um, like what are you most proud of in yourself this year? So she kind of threw the ball to someone else, to blonde person over here, who's very good at this and loves this. Um, she said, hey, why don't you just open this up? And so blonde person over here goes, okay, got some questions. Okay, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, questions. Just what you need on a Friday night, right? <laughs> but she asked that question to the cute person sitting opposite me, literally, so, um, so what are you most proud of in yourself this year? 
Of course, everybody sitting around is suddenly thinking, what am I most proud of this year myself? You know, I mean, we all do that, don't we? It's like, whatever. Or um, to someone else, she asked the question, moved around the room. She goes, um, what is one thing that you would like people to know about you? What is just one thing that you would like people to know about you? Maybe something that we don't know. Okay, not too scary. To another, towards the end of this beautiful moment, she said to this other friend, you know, what is something a little bit more poignant, but what is something that you're a little bit fearful of in this season? That was actually a a crazy beautiful moment. To me, when it got round to me, I'm thinking, huh, praise the Lord. Um, She goes, so Bobby, didn't call me Pastor Bobby, which I'm happy about. (laughs) She said, Bobby, um, how can we be good friends to you? Which, girls, was actually lovely. And uh, I'll I'll tell you what I answered. I said, "Um, actually, just the fact that I get to be here tonight with you. I've actually been to two of these. This was the second one. But um, I said, just that I get that you would ask me to be here. Not getting Pastor Bobby in the room, you know, but just that I could be here. And um, I said, to be honest, Brian and I, the people that we do close life, we actually do great life. We, are great, we have great friendship and relationship with those that we work alongside and that we carry this church in. They're our friends and our buddies. And, but to be honest, our family is scattered. To be honest, some of the people who might be our friends and besties live on the other side of the world. And I said, just that I could actually come here and be in this room. You know, I'm sharing this and like some of you might be kind of familiar with this kind of scenario. Some of you may love it and this might be your norm, your familiar place. I mean, I know I've got a friend down here, Cass Langton, and I know that when they go out for dinner and have those kind of environments, they all end up prophesying over each other. That is so not what Brian and I do. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, everybody is different. So some of this might be familiar to some of you, might, some of this might be unfamiliar to others. But you know, at the end of the day, it's called the art of friendship. And, you know, kind of in a sort of um, ebb and flow way, we've actually been camping around that language this year because I came into the year feeling that at sisterhood, we need to ramp up or we need to stir up our um, devotion and our commitment and our skill set when it comes to the art of friendship, community and cause. Those things go together. So here's the deal. I just jotted a few things down. You said it's a little bit of a different morning. Here's the deal. That night, from my perspective, was a perfect scenario of true friendship. It was a perfect scenario of true community and cause. And I say cause not um, because we necessarily focused on a cause-driven need that we in this church love. I say it, I say cause-driven a perfect scenario of cause-driven reality because you know what? What was attended to in that very relaxed and beautiful setting was very close to the heart of God. You know, we often think that mission is this or that or being cause-driven or cause-aware is this or that and attending to the refugee and the orphan and all of those beautiful things that are critically important. But you know what? Attending to one another's hearts and fellowship and being family and house at table, for example, is very close to His heart. You know, these words that Jesus gave expression to with His disciples, it was a round table. He was preparing them. They broke bread. It was the Passover year, so we're celebrating that, but it was way deeper than that. And you know, it was like in that environment that He loved them and spoke to them and created a safe place. I believe that that night 
was a perfect scenario of safety, of sensitivity, of unforced fellowship. Let me say it again, of safety, because what was very evident in that room was a safe environment for girls. Not over ridiculous, just a beautiful, safe environment. Keeping in mind that certain things have been resonating in my spirit about the women of Hillsong Church for a while. It was a perfect environment of sensitivity. It was a sensitive environment. When people, when it got a little bit deep, it got ridiculous, but when it got a little bit deep, people were sensitive to that, not ridiculous. Again, unforced fellowship. And I choose those words carefully because unforced fellowship is magnificent. You know, within the meaning of fellowship is to share, um, to contribute, to partner, to, um, to what all of those things. And within the meaning, it talks of the Holy Spirit. It's a dynamic. The, the original word for fellowship is found nowhere else in the world. It is only centric to the church. And within the meaning is this glue, that is this glue-like reality that can bind together so that nothing can cut asunder. And it is only brought about by the Holy Spirit. So I'm talking about this environment, Friday night, girls' night out. It was a beautiful picture of unforced fellowship. I think it was a beautiful scenario of invitation. I got an invitation. Do you wanna go to a mysterious adventure night with the girls? I got an invitation. It was a beautiful um, picture of that, of inclusion, of inclusion, of surprise. It was a beautiful picture of loveliness, of generosity, and not because it was mostly generous in spirit and word, but you know that box, that mysterious box that came in the door? Mm, They were hand-me-ons. Someone had emptied their wardrobe of a lot of stilettos that they had never worn and had sent them to that night, so it was like, help yourself. What a shame. I have such a large foot and don't wear stilettos, but don't you wish you were there on Friday night? Amen. Who loves a good old stiletto? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Reminds me, I have a chapter in my sisterhood book about that. What is it? What's that chapter again? Anyway, Marquis Stampeding Stilettos. Yeah, you should read that chapter. It's amazing. It was a beautiful example of ease, of wisdom offered, Wisdom received, beautiful. Listen to me, girls. There was nothing weird, super religious, forced, uncomfortable, awkward, and insensitive. And isn't it a shame that in me bringing what I'm bringing today, that I even have to add that. You would, we would think that in the body of Christ, in the church of Jesus Christ on the earth, we wouldn't have to say that. But sadly, there's a lot of weird Christians around who have not a sensitive bone in their body. You know, when you're in an environment like that and someone opens their mouth to share with vulnerability, you know, and then some awkward, super religious, unsensitive person just jumps in and is so like, it's not attractive and it's not helpful, (laughs) amen? And so I'm talking about the extremes, but you know what I'm talking about, amen? And we've got to learn to recognise that in ourselves. Sometimes when someone, I'm talking about an outsider, someone from outside this realm of the love of God and everything, when they open up their life and share, do you know the last thing they need is for you to come in with your theology and your theory and your whatever. I have a lot of friends who are Thai, 
who are from Vietnam and I love them to death. And over the years, they've shared stories with me and they've shared life with me. And one of them told me how a Christian came into wherever they were and just basically diminished their religion, diminished their culture and told them what they should do. And there's an element of truth in that if it's invited and if you want it, if that's invited from you. But I actually felt really bad and I went, I'm actually so sorry because that person, my friend, felt very crushed. Do you know what I'm saying? It's learning to be sensitive in a situation. It's like when someone suffers grief. I learned this a long time ago. I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. But I remember some, my friend Holly saying to me way back, when someone suffers grief, it's okay, it's enough to just be with them and say, I'm so sorry for your loss, full stop. Just let the love of God permeate through, just be there. And when the time is right, yes, you can offer wisdom and you can offer help, but honestly. And so, you know, I'm talking about, you know, what I observed and what I saw and perceived of these, of these girls last Friday night. And, you know, to be, on, to be honest, some of it um, was the natural play of, of friendship, of friendship between girls who have done a lot of life together. But to me, if I may say this, I wrote these down, to me, it was the essence of true sisterhood in motion. It really was. And in motion in such a way that it didn't make a couple of new girls feel uncomfortable. It was the essence of true sisterhood in motion. It was the kind of safe and sound reality or environment that I believe that the Lord wants for each and every one of us personally. But then He also wants it for the others who are gonna experience it through the likes of you and I. And I also believe that it was the kind of safe and sound reality that I dream of sisterhood being. I dream of sisterhood in essence being this. Whether we are gathered in stadiums like at Colour, or whether we are gathered in rooms such as today, and some of these rooms are larger um, than others, some are more intimate than others, or whether we are gathered literally in intimate settings like I just described right now. That is my dream for sisterhood, that we could create this kind of atmosphere. So girls, you'll remember a few weeks back, um, I woke, I, I mentioned this to you, you may not remember, a lot happens in a lifetime. Okay, <laughs> a lot happens in a day, right? So a few weeks back, I woke up with these words, safe and sound, just resonating, swirling in my spirit. And you know, girls, we're friends together, right? We're doing life together. Um, when I wake like that, I have learned to pay attention to it. Pay attention either in my own heart and soul or pay attention because invariably it belongs to something that the Lord wants to bring to this um, collective table. And if you recall that morning, Katrina, I got Katrina to speak on the screens, but from our London conference, if you recall. And she talked about the word place, okay? Do you remember that? The word place. And actually drew um, a picture how that when the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, the original and um, true meaning of that wilderness place is actually the place of the Word. In other words, it's when we allow God to lead us and take us and navigate us and we find ourselves in a wilderness place, then you know what? It's not like you're forsaken. It's not like the world has fallen in. It's not like you're forgotten. Basically, exactly what happened to Christ is happening. 
The Spirit of God is walking you through life and in that place, if we allow Him to speak to us, if we allow Him to teach us the lessons for Christ, He was learning, He was not learning, but He was establishing His authority against all the powers of hell. Okay, and you know what? If we allow the Spirit of God to do in us what He wants to do as we walk through this fallen life, He will teach us beautiful things and we will come out the other side like Jesus came out the other side where angels ministered to Him and He came out with a new authority and a new revelation. So, you know, don't despise the the dark place or the challenging place or the wilderness. Girls, I have been through some stuff in my life. Some of it I share, some of it I hold close. Harsh battles, harsh spiritual frontline battles, personal challenges. You know, you might think Brian and I have an awesome marriage and we do, 42 years, but we've had seasons of challenge in our life. And my friend Belle on that night reminded me that at our 25th wedding anniversary, I came to what was Word Shop or Kingdom Women back in the day and I shared and said, yeah, we've just celebrated 25 years. I don't know why I'm saying this, but it might help someone. Belle reminded me at, at the table and she said, you came back, Bobby, and everyone thought you'd had a lovely 25th wedding anniversary, which we had. In fact, my husband actually bought me this ring. But that aside, do you know what we really did on our 25th anniversary? We sat and we talked and we processed and we navigated our lives and we decided, are we gonna quit here or are we gonna press on? Are we gonna grow beyond some of our humanity and press on? So I don't think we all have it perfect. We're just like everyone else, navigating life. But you know, when you navigate it with the Spirit of God and you navigate it with the Word of God and you navigate it with wise counsel and good friends, you're gonna be fine. And so I'm saying that to say, I don't despise those wilderness seasons because it has taught me, like Joyce Meyer once said, kiss the things that have wounded you because they teach you the deep things of God. And I would never trade those times. And so that morning, that was just a rabbit trail. That morning, um, as Katrina was sharing, I said to you, um, I just feel to say that, I just wanna tell you girls, God is safe. God is safe, the Holy Spirit is safe. He's safe. And then I heard how a woman came into one of our other locations from um, a difficult situation, a domestic violence situation. And she walked in that morning to our oasis here. And that's all she heard. They were the only words she heard and the only words she needed to hear, hear that God is safe. And it resonated with her. And so, you know, the truth of the matter is that we live in a world that doesn't feel safe. I'm talking about creating these safe spaces. We live in a world that doesn't feel safe. And the truth is when a person doesn't feel safe, the feeling, whether it's imagined or real, affects every part of their life. It affects their well-being, their outlook, their relationships, their friendships, their will to live and press on. It just affects everything. And it actually breaks the heart of God. This morning in the wee time that I had to re-meditate this, I thought, you know what, it, breaks, it must break the heart of God to see people not feeling safe, to see people struggling with that sense of safe and sound when He has done so much for us, when He has given so much, when He indeed is the Good Shepherd, the beautiful Good Shepherd who would never leave us stranded, amen? And so for some reason this morning, you know, as we head into the centre of the, 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 the calendar year, as we go into conference, as we have a break in early um, after conference, we'll have a couple of weeks break and then we'll come back. The students will have a break. We'll come back and we will head into that second half of the year. I just feel compelled to challenge us all to get on the front foot 
of knowing our own personal sense of safety and soundness in Christ in order that you can leak that safety and soundness to others. And I feel like I've probably said this already at the front end of the year, but in order that we can leak it, God wants us to leak on people in the most beautiful way. So I'm compelling us to get on the front foot individually of our revelation of how safe and sound we actually are in Christ. I can't do that for you, you can't do that for me, but together we can encourage one another, right? Amen. I feel compelled, second, to challenge us to get on the front foot of taking what we have here at Sisterhood wider and deeper and further. I really do, and you think, well, how on earth are we gonna do that exactly? Third, I feel compelled to challenge that those other sheep that Jesus was speaking about, remember the Scripture at the front end? Those other sheep that, we're to- that He was talking about, they need us to shake a leg, get out of our comfort zones and create some proactive pathways for them to encounter the love of God. And you know, one of the ways, I didn't intend to start, I didn't intend to prepare in this ra- way yesterday when I was preparing for this, but somehow I've just ended up doing this. So one of the ways that um, we can do this this year and get better at it is through the idea of these sisterhood dinner parties slash girls' night outs. So do you remember at the front end, Vision Morning, we gave you this and it had all the major things that are coming up? Okay, we're half, almost halfway through the calendar. And so in it, in August, we flagged a new idea, pioneering a new idea. I mean, it's not really a new idea, but it's like a new idea for us. I mean, one of the challenges, girls, if I may say this, is at the front end of the year, we have colour. At the back end, we have Sisterhood United Night in November, which is a global affair. We here in Australia don't have any margin to add any more Sisterhood United Nights. There are no margins in the calendar. So you know what? In some ways, this is an opportunity for all the women, not just Thursday's girls, but all the women in our church to get on the front foot of connection. And so I think this is an amazing idea. And I'd love to create a new habit in our um, landscape, a new habit that in essence is very um, generous and outreaching and extensive, different to a connect group, something that we can actually bring others to that we can bring a work colleague or a friend or a mum or a sister and bring them into a really beautiful environment. And again, we seated it at the frontier. We're flagged this month in August. But I honestly believe that if we got good at this thing, if we got this thing in our spirit, it could be so inspiring and so helpful for so many. Again, because life leaks. Christ in us leaks. Peace within leaks, right? Well-being, being a woman in the city who is doing life well, not perfectly, but well, it leaks because so many out there are not doing well. Confidence leaks, it's contagious. It's so important, calmness in life leaks. When you can be in an, env- in an environment or a table or a conversation where your sense of calmness in Christ, not panic, not whatever, it brings calmness to the room. Life as opposed to death leaks, wisdom leaks, journey done well leaks, and ultimately truth leaks. So girls, somewhere in the immediate or near future, 
I'm suggesting as your pastor and friend that you park yourself somewhere in John's Gospel, especially the chapters where he really talks about a lot of this, which would be chapters 10 through 17, for example, and that you get a fresh revelation of who the Good Good Shepherd is to you, again in order, that if these dinner party ideas, these girls' night out, this girls' night out idea works or gets traction, you can be amongst those who are leaking His love. Some of you might be thinking, well, I need some love leaked on me. Yeah, perfect, we'll take that. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. But the majority of you in this room have a deposit of God that is pretty spectacular. And, um, and I really believe the Spirit of God wants us to use it, amen? I'm gonna get the team to come and join me, if you will, and get ready. So, you know, again, the beauty of Friday night, and I'm gonna write it on the screens, the beauty of Friday night for me, I felt like it was a gift. I felt like God said, I want you there, Bob, so that you can give expression to this, all right? The beauty of Friday night, little things on the screen, it's like the sense of safety felt. The beauty of Friday night was the sense of safety felt. Safety to be present, safety to be yourself, safety to be real. That stood out. The beauty of Friday night and the second one was the ease. The ease and the sorry, the ease and simplicity, the ease and simplicity wherein fellowship could be felt. There was an ease and there was a simplicity. Do you know, just stay with me guys in the back room. Do you know what? Without doubt, some preparation would have gone into that night. A little bit of preparation, but not a lot. It didn't feel like a stressful reality. And so some of you might think, well, I don't know if I can host these things when we talk about it more and when we come back after conference. You know, you don't have to. It can be easy, doable in Jesus' Name. I think the beauty of Friday night was literally the presence of God present at table. I promise you the presence of God present at at table, unseen but felt, unseen but undeniable. It was felt. And that's what God wants from us. He wants people to sense and feel I've come home. Like the whole house of God is about coming home. Welcome home. How many people have walked in, seen that sign and walked into the atmosphere and felt, I feel like I've just come home. Imagine if we grew this idea, pioneered it, let it take traction. I have no idea who's gonna be interested or not. But imagine if all over our cities, and all over this nation, for example, and up into Bali, on whatever week we nominate, there is a sense where people feel, I just feel like I came home with these people. Nice? The beauty of Friday night was the confirmation in my spirit that this little idea could be a God idea to love on multitudes of women across our cities and our nation who needs some simple TLC in the realm of friendship. I pretty much said it before. So I'm just gonna ask you girls, Hillsong women, Thursdays girls, college girls, anyone else within the sound of this, just um, stay tuned and stay open to the idea. And uh, you know you know us, we do conference and then we need to do conference in Europe and we have things we attend to around the world. But when the girls get up here and begin to flesh it out, just stay open to the idea, amen? I've got this team up here and they're beautiful. 
And in a moment, they're gonna actually sing to us all across. And um, I just wanna read to you from John 17. In case your heart's a little bit troubled, because he said, let your heart not be troubled, let your heart not be not troubled. And you know, John chapter 17, Jesus is pretty much, if you look in, in the Gospels here, Jesus is pretty much finishing the Father's work. And then He, listen to me, He prays to the Father and then He prays to His disciples. He prays for His disciples and then He prays for those who are afar off. So wherever your heart might be right now, there's a moment for you to actually your heart lean heavenward. I'm gonna read the Scripture to you. These guys have a beautiful song that is called Safe. They're gonna minister to it to us, minister it to us across across the screens, and um, then I'm gonna come up and pray for us. Is that all right? So stay connected. But in verse 11, it says, "Jesus, he goes, Holy Father, can you imagine this prayer? This is Jesus praying, right on the eve of laying his life down for us, and he says, Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return and be with you." but my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of Your Name, protect each one that You have given me and watch over them so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. Verse 20. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. How profound is that? Verse 21, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them. This is Jesus praying. You need to go into John afresh and read it. His prayer to the Father, His prayer for His disciples and His prayer for those who are afar off. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognise that You sent me. Verse 22, for the very glory that You have given to me, I have given to them. Because He's given it to us so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. Verse 23, does my head in. Father, You live fully in me. Now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that You have sent me for they will see that You love each one of them with the same passionate love that You have for me. You know, for, for us to get a fresh revela revelation that Christ fully lives in us, that Christ fully lives in us, if we leak that, that is a recipe for revival. One-on-one, -on -one, one person to another person to another person, full-on revival. And you know what? This church would be overflowing. This sisterhood would be overflowing if we got a revelation of that afresh in our spirit. Amen? Hey, um, just in the, the few moments that we have left across all our locations, if you're here this morning and uh, your heart is not at peace, you don't have any confidence in a God in heaven who I'm telling you loves you, um, I'd love to pray for you. So I'm just gonna ask everyone to just close your eyes, whatever room you might find yourself in this morning. And uh, your heart is your heart. It's your heart. And uh, a really good, good God in heaven, a good shepherd whose son's name is Jesus, who came to die for us and to lay his life down for our peace. He doesn't condemn you. He just loves you right now and he wants to draw near. So if you have the courage to open your heart and allow Him to draw near, 
I promise you, He will prove Himself true in your life. Amen. So I'm gonna lead us in what is a prayer of commitment and devotion, of welcoming the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit to come and be a part of your life. It's a prayer that acknowledges His Lordship and His, um, His, His, His sovereignty in your life. He is Saviour. And you know what? Every man, woman and child who has ever lived needs a Saviour because we live in a fallen state. Christ came to mend that, to bridge that. So if you wanna pray that prayer with us, we're all gonna pray together. You pray it and I promise you God will hear your heart, amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You in the Name of Your Son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to You. I acknowledge that You are the Son of God and that You are Lord and Saviour. So I ask You, Jesus, to cleanse me and forgive me and to wash me clean and to bridge the divide that sin brings. I ask You to come into my heart and make me new. So Heavenly Father, thank You for drawing me to this decision. And I commit my heart and my life to You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.